College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. This is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. All right, America, what's going on? I am Rich Valdez, your liberty-loving Latino amigo. We are right here 17 floors, no, 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden. Sometimes you just can't shake the old habits. The phone number, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. And here's the headline. Nation's first vaccine passport coming to New York. I don't know if you could hear the sirens in the background, but I can. That's loud. Wow. I'm in a soundproof room. You can sign up to get the nation's very first in the nation vaccine passport because it's coming to the Big Apple. This is in uh, the New York Post by Gabrielle Fournage. The program dubbed the Excelsior Pass is an app that will allow New Yorkers to prove their vaccination status is current or their recent history of a negative COVID-19 test in order to gain entry to events or businesses. And this was announced by Governor Cuomo on Friday. Now, I find it interesting. Governor Cuomo's announcing lots of things with respect to lockdowns, with respect to getting the uh, spotlight off of him. (laughs) And he probably called in a favor or two to Joe El Baboso Biden because, of course, Joe Biden did that press conference. And we're going to hear a couple of things that he had to say there. We talked a little bit about it on Friday. As you guys know, I'm on the air Mondays through Fridays, um, 10 a.m. through noontime on the FM signal of the world-famous talk radio 77 WABC, which is WLIR, talk radio 1071 on the FM dial, reaching all the way out to eastern Long Island. So we welcome your, of course, your feedback, your listenership, and all of that. And similar to a more uh, a mobile airline boarding pass, Individuals will be able to print out their passport or store it in their smartphones using the Excelsior Pass wallet app. Each pass will have a secure QR code, which participating businesses and venues can scan using a companion app to verify proof of COVID-19 negative test results or proof of vaccination. Of course... The individual's data will be kept secure and confidential at all times. And that's according to the release that the uh, governor put out. Now, it also adds, this app isn't going to show any health information when it's scanned. It will only show a green check mark if the person has been vaccinated or tested negatively or a red X if they haven't. Major venues like Madison Square Garden and the Times Union Center in Albany will be begin using this app next week. And on April 2nd, Excelsior Pass will expand to smaller art venues. New Yorkers have proven that they can follow public health guidance 
and beat back COVID. And the innovative Excelsior Pass is another tool in our toolbox to fight the virus while allowing more sectors of the economy to reopen safely and keeping personal information secure, said Cuomo in a statement. Almost gagged as I said that because it was so full of it. But that's the story. So, New York, I want to know what your thoughts are. Let me know, 1-800-848-9222. I want to know, do we need a vaccine passport? Is that the only way to get around this? In previous pandemics, have we required a passport? Hmm, I don't think so. So why do we need one now? So I want to get to that, and I want to ask a few questions of of you guys uh, in Radio Land. But I don't personally think we do need this thing. Just call me crazy, you know. I'm also the guy that thinks we could do without masks in a lot of situations because we've gone without masks for a long time. But this is what the government thinks. And that's probably why I'm uh, probably not so on board with it is because the government, (laughs) if the government says uh, this is a good thing, I typically tend to believe I could do without it. I'm good. I'm going to pass. I don't know. Call me crazy. But we are going to get to your calls. We're going to talk about a few different things. We're going to talk about this uh, incredibly racist attack on protecting elections and how they're misusing or misappropriating racism that actually did exist and mislabeling it, trying to say that, in fact, the For the People Act, which weakens elections and prevents us from having safer and more secure elections, is somehow racist. And, you know, it's funny, I have a panel of advisors that I check in with before the show, the board operator, the phone screener, you know, uh, Ray Ray Mundy, who's holding it down right now. And as I talked with them, we had this really interesting conversation, or at least I did a lot of talking. And, you know, I tried to get some of their advice in. But what I thought was really interesting was it's it's just uh, one of those things where I don't think they're fooling anybody except a few people that are very gullible, like Jamel Hill, the sportscaster turned political pundit. And as I understand it, she became a sportscaster, you know, because she loved it. And she became a political person because they kicked her out of being a sportscaster because she was getting too political. And you know, you probably should have gotten into politics to begin with. But I think the big issue here is how can anybody say that it's racist in, in and of itself to protect an election. How could anybody say, or anybody, Joe Biden, for example, how could Joe Biden say that because I'm black or because I'm Hispanic, I don't know how to use the Internet? The, uh, the other part, portion is a lot of people don't know how to register. Not everybody in the community, in the Hispanic and the African-American community, particularly in uh, uh, rural areas that are distant and or inner city districts know how to use, know how to get online to determine how to get in line for that COVID vaccination at the, at the Walgreens or at, at, at the particular store. All right. You heard what I heard. He literally said that not everybody rural, 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 rural. He said a lot of things right there. I, I honestly, in good faith, can't trust a whole lot of what he just said because I've known Hispanic people. I happen to be Hispanic, an American of Hispanic heritage, and I've known a lot of Hispanic people. Matter of fact, I'm working with some black people right now, and they're on the Internet, and I think they have voted before. So, uh, you know, matter of fact, I'll take a poll during the break if you like, and I'll find out if they voted more than once. 
But Joe Biden, I think he got this one wrong. And I think all the Democrats are getting this wrong because guess what? I think that black people know how to vote. I think white people know how to vote. I think it doesn't matter what color you are. Everybody can get out and vote. People know how to register. People aren't as dumb as they like to say that we are. And that's the damn problem. Our problem is with stupidity. Our problem is focusing on things that don't matter and things that aren't really sensical and trying to make them into something that they're not. And that's what this is. They are trying to prostitute this racism issue into something that it really legitimately is not. And I'm not on board. But who am I? What do I know? Let's go to Andrew in New Jersey. Andrew, what are your thoughts? You're right. And even Jamil Hill, she may just be toting the party line. Everybody knows the truth. And it was a, a filmmaker. I think his name is Army Horowitz. And uh, probably pronounced it the first name. But he oh, yeah, did Army, a little yeah. documentary. Mm-hmm. And he went into a heavily black urban neighborhood and played on his laptop quotes from people like Biden and white college students saying the same, like, Black people don't know how to get on the Internet. They don't know where to post. And the black people were like, you know, jaws were on the ground. You know, they were stunned. They were offended, but they were more stunned, I think. They were like, what do you mean we don't know how to go? That's like saying black people don't know how to tie their shoes. It's totally offensive and racist. And uh, the irony is that Jim Crow was the Democrats. They were the Jim Crow racists. And Joe Biden was a Jim Crow Democrat racist. He said, quote, I don't want my kids going to some racial jungle when he was opposing busing. Yeah. So- and you know what? I think you're, you're you're spot on. The point is, it's offensive. It's offensive to think that people. Uh, first of all, if something's racist, let me figure that out on my own. Let me let you know that it's racist. I don't need you to tell me that that's racist. I don't need you, Biden, the Democrats or anybody else to tell me that I need to be offended and that I've just been uh, racially transgressed. I think that type of presumptuousness is what is at fault mainly in society today. It's something that um, the great, great, uh, not only economist, but uh, philosopher Adam Smith wrote in his first book. He called it the man of system. And he says the man of system believes that he knows more than you about what's good for you and will impose his ideas upon you from the top down. And that's a quote from Adam Smith. So I'm not buying it. I'm not into it, but I want to hear more from you guys. So I'm giving you the phone number one more time, 1-800-848-9222, 800-848-WABC. This is America. All right, welcome back. Rich Valdez here, 1-800-848-9222. We're going to get to your calls in a moment. Uh, but this week, Megan McCain was under fire again for more racism because she said, you know what, you guys are talking all this jazz. Why is it that you have not gotten out of the way so that an Asian person can take your spot and become a co-host on The View? Ooh, all of a sudden, everybody was quiet. You could hear a pin drop. Why? Because she's right. The problem that we have all too often is everybody saying this is racist and that's racist and everything is racist. When in fact, it's not a question of racism we don't even know how many Asians are even interested in that job. And I'm not trying to be provocative in any way. I'm just saying that's a real statement. A lot of times people you know, congratulate me and they say, Rich, it's great that you're you know, a, a conservative Hispanic on the air in New York City. And I say, thank you. But in the back of my head, I'm thinking, how many more are there that want to be? I don't know how many more conservative Hispanics there are that want to be on New York talk radio or even in national uh, level syndicated radio. 
There's, there's not a ton there either. So it begs the question, is it systemically racist against us? Or maybe they've just never seen themselves doing this type of work. And maybe I'm just a big enough thinker and I think, hey, I could do that. I'd like to do that. I want, I want to get involved in that. I don't know. I'm not sure which way to slice it. But I can't imagine that it's systemically racist because nobody's ever prevented me from moving ahead. So Meghan McCain makes a similar comment and and she gets berated on it because – well, of course, because she's Meghan McCain. And you can disagree with Meghan McCain and her dad and all that as much as you like. But bottom line here is if you have to choose uh, choose, choose between Joy Behar and um, and the rest of the crew, Whoopi Goldberg, uh, Sonny Hostin, or Meghan McCain, I think you're choosing Meghan McCain really quick. Listen to this. And so we're going to a place where even if people need money, even if people are qualified to get into Ivy Leagues, race and gender is more important than your skill qualifications, the content of your character. It is not what Martin Luther King Jr. preached. I think this is a very, very slippery slope. I was very surprised to hear someone like Tammy Duckworth say something like this. She got a lot of blowback from a lot of people, not just on the right. And I think this is actually just the natural progression of identity politics. And I will say, just to put a cap on this, the View is 25 years old next year. We've only had one Asian American host co-host this show. So does that mean that one of us should be leaving at some point because there's not enough representation? Uh, there, we're talking about is identity politics more important than qualifications of a job? And I think that's a question going forward that the progressive left is going to have to reconcile. I think she's right. I think she's right because this is exactly what we continually come across but maybe I'm wrong. Let me know. I want to hear your thoughts. Um, let's go to Andrea in Staten Island. Andrea, what's up? You're on with Rich Valdez. Yeah, hi, Rich. Uh, you know, the Republicans should be out there every day with a press conference, even the Sunday shows, explaining the Democrat Party is anti-racist with their H.R. 1 bill saying that African-Americans and brown people are too stupid to get an I.D., but we see nothing from Mitch McConnell, the Republicans. This is why Republicans never win the narrative. They run and hide. And we're sick of this. They should be pointing out the racist. The Democrat Party is the racist, bigoted party. We're, we're sick of this. Mitch McConnell made a great speech, but that's it. He's going to run and hide for two months. Republicans should be on TV every day, press conference explaining what the Democrats are doing with this H.R. 1. And they're the racists. We don't understand it's so simple, so simple to do. I agree with you, Andrea. And part of the problem that exists, I think, is that even if Republicans are out there in armies of people making statements, who's going to hear them? Because CNN's not going to cover it. MSNBC's not going to cover it. You're not going to hear it from so many of the networks. We're lucky if we'll hear it on Fox from a few of the commentators there. So it's it's a question of not that they're not doing it. I think, you know, we checked in with a few people in, in, uh, in the Senate and Congress last week. I heard from them. And th- what they said was, you know, bad as he is, McConnell's out there leading the fight against H.R. 1. He's working hard. Um, I'm no fan of McConnell's. But I will say to me, how many times do we have to hear the same thing? And I agree with you, right? We hear the same thing over and over. The Republicans aren't doing enough. They're not fighting back. They're not this. They're not that. If you take your kid to school and you, your kid comes home and you're like, hey, what's two plus two? And your kid tells you, 
87. And you're like, no, 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 2 plus 2. And they're like, oh, 64.90. You know, and you're like, excuse me? And they're not learning anything. And you say, you know what? Maybe you have a learning problem or even worse, maybe there's a teaching problem. Maybe your teacher isn't effective at educating you. What, what do you, we do as parents? Well, I think we have to take this into our own hands because those are our children and we have to protect them. And we've got to say, you know what? I'm either going to have to become this child's teacher or replace this child's teacher. Same thing with our politicians. If we don't like what we see, we've got to do more. I'm not going to rely on a bunch of clowns in Washington to, to guarantee or to determine my political future. That would be insanity. And we've tried it and it didn't work. So I think the real thing we have to do here is realize there's three big words at the top of our Constitution. And it says, we the people. So we the people, I think, need to stop relying upon they the government. We the people have to become the media. We the people have to become whatever it is that we take exception to. We don't like TV. We're going to have to get into TV. We don't like the way the newspaper's writing up the story. We're going to have to become the people that write up the stories. That's where we are. This is a world where if you have a brand new lip injection and your name is Kardashian, you can become a megastar on the um, Instagram and all the other social media. So you tell me, do we have the ability to reach people with video? Of course we do. There's Instagram, there's Facebook, there's Rumble. There's lots of different platforms. We can no longer rely on the current system that continually fails us unless we're relying on it to continually fail us. That's the only thing we can accept. But if we want it to stop failing us, we've got to do more and different. And it's, an, it's a sad truth. Most people don't want to hear that. It's kind of like when I was sitting in church once and the preacher told me, you can't just come here and you know, absorb the sermon and, and sit in the pews. You've got to go out there and do this. And I'm thinking, do this. I come here so that you can preach, not so I can preach. And I know so many of us want our politicians to somehow magically grow a spine. Imagine that. A completely spineless individual that'll do anything for money and has no values, a politician, from whichever party, and all of a sudden, they are going to become the most uh, astute, steadfast individual. That's not going to happen. But what can happen is that we, the people, can begin to do what we need to do. That's just my thinking on that. Let's um, move over to Mike in West New York. Mike, what's on your mind? Rich, great show. Thank you, uh, sir. I'm from Staten Island originally. Uh, just wanted to say, you know, they they claim the, the, the levels of hypocrisy know no bounds because – Disenfranchised voters, you go to any city, any inner city library, and they offer internet uh, lessons on on the internet. You know, so that's baloney. And I have I have eighty eighty five year old clients friends that text me memes. So <laughs> say people are disenfranchised. Now are these Biden memes money. they're sending you, like uh, memes about Biden? Uh, well, uh, you know, they they live in Florida, so uh, that's a yes. Have, you know, all, all, all good stuff, all good stuff. And um, so that was the only point. I mean, New York's going to be getting a, is it a $19 billion blue state bailout? Yeah, it's, am- it's amazing. It's absolutely the, amazing. The numbers are so staggering. I, I don't even care anymore. So, and, and that money 
you know, you see people lining up to get COVID tests at the library. So those that that resource is being wasted now. The you know the public library. Anyway, that's that's just the point I wanted to make. Well, and thank you. I appreciate that, Mike. Oh, I'm sorry. I think we lost Mike. Well, I, I do appreciate that, and I want to talk about something that happened with Representative State Representative Park Cannon. So there's a woman now that wants to uh, protest, which is her right. She is a state representative, so the equivalent of an assembly person here in New York or New Jersey. She's instructed by the state police to stay away from the door while the governor is doing a Zoom for the signing of the whatever. Nobody's allowed in. you know. Uh, and they put out a warning and advisory. And they said, look, anybody who – any protesters that approach, trying to make noise, dis- distract from this, trying to get in, knocking on the door, whatever it is, you're going to be arrested. So just don't do it. And the video shows her clear as day. She just comes up. She argues with the cop for a while to kind of gain legitimacy with the audience that's there. And then she decides, well, you know what? I want to take this a step further. Now, I'm not 100% on any one side of this. If, uh, if I believed in something enough and I felt that I needed to make enough noise about it, I might do something similar. You know, I'm not opposed to um, opposing the status quo to make my point. Although I've never been arrested. It's not how I do things. I'd rather talk. That's what I do. But I get it. I get, you know, Martin Luther King was arrested. I get lots of people. Curtis Sliwa, right? He was uh, as an activist when he was with the Guardian Angels and trying to make um, the case for a safe New York 100 years ago, you know, or at least 40 years ago. He, he was arrested a bunch of times in different protests. So, I mean, I think people doing the right thing can sometimes be arrested. But I want you to stay tuned because I want to play for you this audio, which uh, really is just to me, it's eye opening. And the way it's perceived by some and the way it's perceived by others is even more astounding. And this is coming out of Georgia. So don't move a muscle. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. The 45th president, Donald Trump, thinks it's an honor to speak with Rich Valdez. Oh, very good, Mr. Call Screener. Yeah. It's an honor. Thanks, Rich. The honor is all yours. Call now, 800-848-9222. Conservative talk with a dash of sofrito. Now, here's Rich Valdez on 77 WABC. All right, welcome back. Rich Valdez here, and our phone number, you just heard it, and I want to invite you to call. We're going to get to your calls in a second, but I want you to hear from State Representative Park Cannon. Uh, You're going to get, uh, it's about a minute and a half long. I want you to hear her approaching the um, state police officer, getting in his face. You may not hear all of the arresting noise, uh, but I'll kind of talk you through it. Go. Now, what's interesting is uh, maybe I'm wrong for this, but in my existence, I've really never gone up to the cops and been like, yo, yo, why are you arresting that guy? (laughs) I've just never done that in my life. I've never even seen it been done up until last summer where it became a big thing where you just start yelling at the cops. What are you doing? Like, who are you? (laughs) They're the cops. (laughs) They'll figure it out. What are you, his lawyer? I don't know. Go ahead. Where are you taking me? Stop. 
All right. So now you've got these two state police officers. Uh, and by the way, sergeants, both of them, they weren't just like, you know, r- rookies or whatever. These are sergeants. There's other guys there that are in the area. There's even one officer that's uh, black. Not that it matters, but he is and she is. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum. Restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. And now, shop what you love and save $2 on each participating item when you buy three or more with your card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. And a bunch of the people around them are black. Now, I'm not saying that for anything other than for you to understand what the video looks like. I'm trying to describe the scene. In my opinion, this looks like sheer activism. It looks like totally and completely a show. This state representative knows exactly what was going to happen. She goes and does it anyway. They're like, hey, knock on the door. You're going to get arrested. She goes, oh, you mean this? She knocks on the door. They arrest her. You know, grab her arms, put her behind her back. Then she, where are you taking me? Where do you think they take people they arrest, lady? I mean, just because you're a state assembly person, a state representative, doesn't mean that you're not going to get locked up when you break the rules. Wasn't it you and your team that said nobody's above the law, right? When we were trying to, you know, string up Trump. And I agree. Nobody should be above the law. So this to me was uh, contrived. Uh, at best, choreographed, at worst. And this is what's going on. And they're doing this all to make a point that Governor Kemp and many other governors right now that are working with their state legislatures to promote election security measures, to strengthen electoral systems that were weakened by, I'm going to say, political gamesmanship, by lawsuits, by different backdoor um workarounds, if you will, to try and soften the laws so that people could – it would be way easier for just about anybody to vote. I mean some of the, the proposals that they have right now say that you can't – you don't even have to vote in your district. Now, you can say, oh, yeah, what if you work in, in – you know, what if you live in Queens and you, know, you, you uh, want to vote in Brooklyn before it closes because you work late? Then figure out what you got to do. We've been voting for a very long time and somebody living in Queens and working in Brooklyn – is not racist, right? So if you if you feel like that's an obstacle to you voting, apply for absentee voting. Get up earlier or take a day off. Everywhere I've ever worked, and again, I may be more fortunate than many others, but everywhere I've ever worked, they were like, oh, if you need to come in late for election day, well, that's cool. We won't dock you any time or whatever. That's usually a thing. And if you work for the government, you're usually off on election day. And they do that so you can go out and, you know, do your political activism with your, with your peeps. So... I just don't buy any of this stuff. But this woman, state representative, Park Cannon, knew the consequence and did it anyway. I didn't, I didn't see them roughing her up. I didn't see anything that seemed uh, inappropriate. 
It seemed like she wanted to get arrested. You know, one time I was on Rudy Giuliani's show, and he shared a story. Actually, I was on a different show. I was on Curtis Sliwa's show with Juliet Huddy, and Rudy Giuliani was the guest. And he was telling us a story about how the Reverend Jesse Jackson once called him and said, hey, Mayor, I need a favor. And he said, what's that? He's like, I need to get locked up. I need to get locked up fast so I can get in and get out really quickly. And he said, what do you mean? And he's like, well, you know, I need, it need, I need to be on camera. He needed it to be on camera so that he could get arrested and use that as clout and street cred and then go to a meeting that he had where he was going to shake some people down, you know, for uh, corporate training on diversity, which he was going to lead for hundreds of thousands of dollars. And that was the essence of how they did their business. And I, I was, you know, it was really eye opening for me. I, I didn't know that's how that worked and how that was back in the 80s. And in the, into the 90s. But I thought, wow, that's crazy. But that's what it looked like, what I saw in that video. I don't know if I'm wrong. Let's go to somebody that's in Georgia. Let's go to Diane. Hey, Diane, what do you want to say today? Hey, um, I'm old. Oh, no, you're <laughs> so not. So I was, yeah, I am. We can't deny it. But I was on my way to get the vaccine. Uh, and it's a couple hours away. So we drove up there and got to the site and there were, it was an outdoor site and there were several national guards standing around doing their duty and giving the shots and taking information. So we pulled up to the first one and when he got finished filling out my information, I just felt, I looked at him and I said, thank you for your service, young man. He said, it's an honor, ma'am. And the main thing, not that that was not only a warm moment, it was, but it was a revealing moment for me mm-hmm. because I'm tired of hearing about systemic racism. <laughs> I don't think anyone has the right to say to anyone else, you're racist simply because you are, not because of what you do. Right. What you do is what matters, <laughs> not what you say. What you do, that's wisdom coming from knowledge to application of knowledge becomes wisdom. So I pulled up a little bit. We pulled up a little bit, and I thought, well, he was wrapped in brown paper, and I was wrapped in tan, if you want to be honest. And there was not but a moment of goodness, you know, goodness, not destruction. Right. Not no, a real moment, just one American versus, uh, you know, um, spending time with another one while you were getting your vaccine. And I thank you so much for your call, Diane, because those are the stories that inspire. Those are the stories we need. Honestly, that's how I totally live my life. Like, I just honestly have never lived my life through this lens of racism where black and brown seems to dominate all things. I bring it up facetiously as often as I do because I'm so offended by it. And I'm thinking, that's funny. I managed to be alive for 40 years before all of a sudden everything became racist. Everything. Everything under the sun is racist. You know, down to to every decision that you make. Even your credit cards, apparently, now that's a new thing. And I'll get to that if I can before we wrap. But... That's what's going on. I want to swing it over to Morris Park. Let's go to Johnny and Morris Park. You're on with Rich Valdez. All right. Hey, I hear you. (laughs) You with me? Yeah. What's up, man? What's on your mind? What do you want to say today? Yeah. Well, first of all, just quickly on the view. I mean, any of those hosts could be replaced by a parrot. Just teach the parrot a couple of hard left lines. They'd be amusing. But the thing um, that's really never spoken about, it's gone on for the last 60 years in this country, are race quotas and affirmative action where it knocks out white candidates and giving priority to people who are not white. 
And it really is offensive because if you study and really work hard and you can't get a job or can't get an entrance to a school or you can't get a government contract, that's totally insulted. Never brought up. Republicans don't bring it up. Democrats don't bring it up. And it's something that has to be addressed. And if the Republican Party wants Well, how would you address it? I mean, affirmative action is a federal law. It's, how do you address an existing federal law that's been around for decades? Right. But if, if, of course you can address it. If it's using race quotas, you're violating the 13th Amendment of the Constitution, equal protection. I remember back in, in the fall, Rudy was running around saying that all for long, equal protection. I was laughing. I said, yeah, what about race quotas? We removed the merit system and replaced it with a race quota system. Eventually, it's you, well, really I, just so you know, I've never been in a situation where I've seen that happen. Uh, I've never worked anywhere that used a race quota. What type of industry are you in where you've seen this? They use it. They use it. Everybody. They actually they're doing it to Asians now at Harvard University. They're not. No, are you at Harvard? I'm talking about something that you do. What type of personal experience well, have you had? Why do you have to this? be personal? This is in society. Well, because how can you make an opinion on something that you don't have a, a personal experience with? Are you denying that this takes place? I'm asking you to make it clear to me because I've never seen it happen. I know that there you are people that you, give contracts you know, for this and that, federal government, whatnot. But I can tell you, I've never been up against anybody else for a job and them say, oh, I'm sorry, you're not getting the job uh, because of so-and-so because we need that person. I, it's never never seen it happen. Well, they don't tell you that in human resources. They just hire whoever they want. That's because private companies aren't held to that standard. They don't tell them that. They don't tell them we're not hiring. But, Johnny, them. private companies don't do that. That's a government thing. No, it's the thing is used all through this country – and but you still haven't given me an example. It. All right. Well, while you figure out an example, let's uh, let's talk to James in Long Island, see what we can come up with here. James, what's on your mind? Oh, thanks for taking my call. Listen, very close. You cannot legislate morality. We were given Lincoln before the Civil War, right? And we we're given – I'm a conservative. Now, listen, very close. If you know what's coming, you have to rest, be at peace. The thing about it is, is Abraham Lincoln, as good as he was, according to what happened was he saw himself in the White House. What are you talking about, James? Now, here's the thing. No, no, no. Tell me what the thing is. What are you talking about? Okay, you cannot. What's happening today, you cannot legislate morality. Who do you think is legislating morality? Okay, people, for instance, the, the, the right right now. It's coming out with the most horrible thing you could imagine. I mean, you're looking right in the face of, of, of lies and filth. But here's the thing. You can, what happens when Lincoln was given the second inaugural address, and he said this. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to wait it out, do your best, stay clean, be found in peace without spot. But until every drop of blood drawn with the lashes, paid by another drawn with the sword, as was said 3,000 years ago. Another basic, I try to be quick. In other words, this you, is trying you, to be you quick. Cannot, let, <laughs> you cannot legislate morality, but when these things happen, you can't make a right. You can't. Make I'm, a I'm trying to give you a chance to make your point, but you're, you're really blowing it here. Uh, can you tell me when you say who do you think is trying to legislate morality? Who? Okay, we all are. I'm we not. Are, we, we, Am I trying to legislate your morality? I'm not even in a position of legislation. You, you, I know you. I, you I'm, praying, I'm glad for you. You want what's right. If you got half a brain and you love life, you want what's right. But now when you look at all the filth, I'll ask you again. Who is it that you believe is trying to legislate morality? Uh, well, I would say this much. We are. Can you I tell have, me who we is? Okay, when you see wrong... You want it right. Can you tell me who the people involved are, sir? Okay, President Trump. Trump is trying to legislate morality. Okay, go. 
Okay. How is he doing that? I got a big poster of him, man. But listen, you want what's right. He wants what's right. A lot of the people want what's right. They, if, if they have the opportunity, but, they could change it. They could. But the problem is, is something that we're going through right now that time will, will eradicate. Time will deal with. But if you're in peace right now, you're in rest. You, you have rest right now. You have peace. You keep your nose clean. And you, you watch that the Lord watches over you. You have not a fear to do. But if you're going to be crazy and this and that, oh, what's this going to happen? No. The idea right now is this, is to be at peace. Be sound in peace without spot. All right. Well, and peace be with you, brother. I appreciate it. I, I really, I'm sorry. I'm not that intelligent. I wasn't able to really grasp your point. Uh, I hope that you were saying that... Um, I think I got what you were saying. I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to really make uh, make sense out of it. You kept saying we can't. I, I agree that we can't legislate morality, but in effect, I mean, if you create a law which is already on the books that says you can't kill another person or persons, is that legislating morality or is it just saying that murder is illegal? Right. And this, this becomes a, a semantics question. It becomes a question of do we not kill because we're afraid of going to jail or do we not kill because we don't believe we should kill? That's a very fundamental question. So um, what you were talking about with the posters and with Trump, I really don't know what you're talking about. I really wanted to understand it. Just like the other guy. I tried to ask him three times, you know, uh, if he could make an example. And uh, I've just I've never seen this. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I just I, I can't remember the last time I went somewhere. They were like, oh, man, this guy, he's terrific. Did he get the job? No, no. They actually gave it to somebody else. They gave it to, you know, some other guy, some other race. Why did they do that? Affirmative action. I've just never heard of that happening. I know it happens, but I just don't see it because this is something that happens in like public schools. It's, you know, federal law that does things. So I, I understand that there may be certain laws for female owned or minority businesses, small government contracts, even big government contracts. But I'm not in the business of government contracts. So I've just never seen that happen. And I've never even worked anywhere where they were like, oh, no, that guy, that guy's brilliant. He didn't get the job. Who got it? Oh, that guy. Why? Oh, because he sucks. He got the job because he's, oh, but, you know, he's a little darker than the other guy. I've just never seen that happen. I know it's a thing. I know it exists. It may be something in college admissions, but uh, it's definitely not a thing in my industry or in my life. I've never seen that happen. God, I'm in talk radio. If you blow wind three shows in a row, you're out the door. <laughs> so I don't know. This is one of the biggest and best meritocracies out there. And that's why I love this industry. But we are here continuing to try and make sense of everything that happens in the world and in New York City. So don't give up on me yet. There's a little bit more to go. We're not done yet. I want to talk about a few more things, and I want to take your calls. Keep it locked right there. I am Rich Valdez. This is America. The 45th President, Donald Trump, thinks it's an honor to speak with Rich Valdez. Oh, very good. Yeah. It's an honor. Thanks, Rich. The honor is all yours. Call now, 800-848-9222. Conservative talk with a dash of sofrito. Now, here's Rich Valdez on 77 WABC. So some of the colleges that are out there are thinking of requiring COVID um, vaccines. And they're, instead of saying the COVID passport, they're thinking of saying, you know what? We're going to give you a little pin that you can put on. Because if you wear this pin, then you don't have to wear a mask. And I think that's probably a good way to entice young people saying, hey, you want to go to college, walk around campus, no mask. 
get the vaccine, put this little pin on and you're in. I think it's a smarter approach and it's voluntary. It's not required like other things like, hey, if you want to get in, you got to have this. That's the more fascistic uh, essential and the Cuomo approach. But that's what's going on with that. Now, I want to switch gears a little bit to Arkansas. In Arkansas, they're banning transgender athletes from women's sports. This was something they tried to do in, um, I think it was South Dakota, Christy Nome. And then she said, ah, you know what? She went back and vetoed the bill that she'd fought to get passed. And now she's under fire. And I think, man, this is tough. So you've got the COVID drama there. You've got the transgender athletes. You've got this COVID passport. What I want to know is, is there a COVID passport for everybody that's coming in at the border? I don't know. Um, I, you know, if you listen to enough talk radio, you'll hear that there's nothing going on. If you listen to Joe Biden, you'll hear, oh, everybody's getting tested. Who's telling the truth? I don't know. I haven't been down there in a long time. But what I can do is go to Lisa in Long Island. I don't think she's at the border, but she's got something to say. What's up, Lisa? How are you? Hi, Rich. So glad to talk with you. All right. Something's um, wrong with your phone. Let's see if we can get that fixed. Maybe it's a speakerphone issue or whatnot. Let's go to Michael and Harriman. Or maybe let's not go to Michael and Harriman. <laughs> maybe Michael and Harriman's on strike. Let's go to Jimmy in Brooklyn. Jimmy, what's up? Yeah. <clears throat> it looks like everything's falling apart all around us, right? Well, that's the cause of uh, systemic Marxism. You know, the Democratic Socialists of America, this is a hardcore group of communists. They're taking over the Democrat Party. So the Democrat Party for the last 50 years, the most of them have been on the side of the enemy during the Cold War. So you have the old left, and now there's this new left coming in, pushing out the old left, but it's still the left. These are hardcore activist people and they're attacking from all different directions. So there's kind of a civil war going on in the Democrat Party. And the old line Democrats, they're going to be pushed out too eventually by this new group coming in. So this is actually a revolution. You know, so Jimmy, all- I think this is a good point. Because here's the thing. Few people get, I think, they, they get the, the importance of understanding how these uh, the Soviets got what they wanted. All right. And the the KGB types, they always use this divide and conquer, not kind of like the art of war, Sung Tzu, but on steroids through the KGB. And, And they've always done that by getting people at each other's throats. Whether it's uh, atheists versus Christians, whether it is straights versus gays, whether it's uh, straights and gays versus transgender, whatever, creating this transgender or encouraging this, whatever it is, black versus white, rich versus poor, you name it, the idea is disharmony, disunity. And it's interesting because this is what Joe Biden does. Barack Obama is great at it. And yet – all they ever talk about while they're ripping people apart and fractioning them into these different uh, quarters, you know, you go here, you go there. All they ever do is say, we're doing this because of unity and healing. All of the left, all of the groups controlled by the Marxist or influenced by the Marxists, it's unity of them against the rest of us. You know, when the enemy writes in their publications that they have the ability to shape feelings and sentiments, they have the ability to change mass thought patterns, they talk about the radicalization process. Now, here's one really scary. The ideological has to become the psychological. So this is the biggest mind uh, bleep the world has ever seen. And when they write about changing the psychological makeup of Muslims, 
And after they write that, we started getting Muslim terrorism. Before that, it was Arab terrorism, Mideast terrorism. But when you penetrate the religions, people are doing things for the communists, but they think they're doing it for God. You're right. And when people think they're doing things for God, they take it, they run with it, they go somewhere else with it because it becomes so important to them. Let's go to Lisa. Lisa, how's that phone? Hi. Great. What's on your mind? We got a minute to go. Go. Okay. Hi. Oh, God, a minute. Um, So I've been trying to get in touch with you because I had an idea, which I'm sure people have, but there's a lot of um, nationwide pro-America Latin groups. Yes. I don't know too many of them, but I'm sure there are. Oh, I was hoping you did know more because my idea is fight fire with fire. The Democrats always funnel everybody. So Ah. I thought maybe we could set up. Well, I can't. But <laughs> well, I think, you know what? Let me just jump in. I think you can. Uh, I think too many people sell themselves short on things like this. And it's important that, yes, you can. You're, you can totally change the world. Old saying, right? Those who believe they can change the world actually can. And the other part of it is, you know, the other day I had a conversation with a friend. And I think it's, it's along the lines of what you're talking about and saying, like, why should we just allow the Democrats to just take all of the these um, – illegal immigrants coming through the border and just claim a stake to them forever and say, no, no, no. His argument was, no, let's let's teach them about conservative values. Let's introduce them to Americanism. Maybe they will like it. I have a feeling that they would gravitate towards it a lot faster than they would to leftism. And I thought that's a solid point. So, Lisa, I think that's a brilliant point that you bring up. And I think never sell yourself short because uh, you can do a whole lot more than you think you can do. And you're right. There are a lot of people that gravitate towards Americanism. And forget immigrants and whatnot. Just right here in the United States, I think half the people that once claimed to be Marxists are truly patriots that say, you know what, I'm, I'm really, I was just angry or misunderstood. And I realized there's a lot more that I can do. But anyway, we've got... Tony Orlando tonight, Cousin Brucey right before that. Do not miss it. The hits are here on 77 WABC. I am Rich Valdez, and I will be with you again all week, 10 to 12 on WLIR. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade.